0: Stevenson to the outside, they score! From the left-wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front, he scores! Fine, two knights! Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: Winnipeg Jets are hobbled right now as they get ready to enter the fortress tomorrow night against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a 3 1 series lead. Home side can wrap it up and advance to the second round with a victory. Tomorrow in Game 5, uh, the Winnipeg Jets without Josh Morrissey for the series. Don't know, but highly unlikely that Mark Scheifele does return. Those are two of your best players. 40-goal scorer and your top defenseman. Uh, both Out of the lineup, uh, puts more pressure on the likes of Kyle Connor, uh, goes uh, towards the goaltender, Connor Hellebuck, and any type of uh, adjustments that Rick Bonus can make. It's uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show, and our number two, Uh, Ryan Wallace over at the Oil Hotel and Casino as we get into this series, which continues and could end tomorrow night.
2: Yep, I am hanging out at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Pool season officially underway. Plenty of food and drink specials out at the pool, so you're going to want to take advantage of that as the weather continues to get better and better here in Las Vegas. Uh, North America's largest Hooters restaurant. Iconic chicken wings staring me right in the face. And then you've got uh, the Thursday Wheel of Fortune slot tournament, 1 to 3 p.m., free to enter. Must be an Oyo Rewards member and 21 years or older, but I still contend that if there's one thing Darren Millard can do very well, it is hit a button repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So make sure you get out and partake in that slot tournament, Darren. And then you've got $1 blackjack tables, only casino on the strip, doing that always free parking and home of the $2 Bud, Bud Light and Michelob Ultra. Aren't you jealous that you aren't here?
1: Yes, we're uh, we're extremely uh, envious of the environment that is at the Underground Lounge, which is an awesome place to uh, to hang out. Uh, We do it uh, every Wednesday on the VGK Insider Show, and uh, tomorrow night could mark an end to the first round for the uh, Vegas School of the Knights. All kinds of uh, uh, possibilities uh, in place here with accomplishments uh, for the Vegas School of the Knights and being able to not only win the series, win the series at home, Uh, win four straight against the Winnipeg Jets uh, for the second time in the Stanley Cup Playoffs. There's uh, some deeper storylines to run through. Uh, will it feature the return of Will Carrier who skated on the line today with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colisar? Uh What does that mean to uh, the trickle-down effect of Ivan Barbashev and Phil Kessel who looked like uh, the two players that were uh, jockeying for uh, different slots uh, when it came to special teams and and line rushes today. So uh, Kessel was on his line. Uh, uh, we had uh, uh, Nick Waugh uh, skating with Will Carrier and Barbashev was the guy without line but he was on the power play so uh, they they actually covered everything off where you don't know
2: <laughs> who's in and who's out? And
1: uh, I didn't ask uh, Bruce about it uh, when we had him on earlier because he answered the question this morning, and we'll we'll play Bruce's press conference as we always do. Uh, make sure that you uh, know exactly what's going on uh, from the media perspective and and what the questions are going his way. Uh, but I do uh, I do know that uh, Lauren Bressois will be back in and uh, and here's a guy who, if there was a test mm-hmm. that if you wanted to phrase it that way, how he was going to react when he came up earlier this year. He played those t- three brilliant games, and, and yeah. two of them were lost in extra time, but he was awesome. Then he got hurt, mm-hmm. came back, and he went. can he find the magic again? And he did, and didn't have a loss in regulation in his 10 starts during the regular season, 7-0-3. Mm-hmm. Now you tack it on. To the first four games of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Lauren Bressois has a 13 1 3 record in the National Hockey League this year. You're starting to get into some rarefied air uh, when it comes to goaltending performances.
2: He's been excellent. He he really has. And, you know, again, I think that there were question marks for the Golden Knights going into the playoffs. You know, we kind of talked about it and. We had a fun conversation about, you know, you get to the end, cons my trophy, all that. Could a goaltender win it from the Golden Knights? I say yes. Um, but, you know, we, we're early, sure. But Loren was played every single minute for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's given Bruce Cassidy and this team every save that they've needed and maybe even a couple that they, you know, you don't expect to make the save on, but he's been there. And I, I think for... For Loren, like he, his confidence continues to grow. He's he's not going to get too high or too low. He's super even keel. And when when that's the case, and you have that calming presence in net, I think it breeds a lot of confidence up and down the lineup. And, and this is a team that, again, I've talked about. You, you've said resilience. We've used that word. No matter what the situation is, they're not rattled. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the confidence they have in their netminder.
1: Now, you, when you talk about goaltenders and attributes. Logan Thompson is athletic. Yeah. Also catches with the wrong hand, but I don't hold that against him. He'll, he'll hear about that, too, and he'll, uh, he'll say something to me, and we'll, we'll have a back and forth on it. It's awesome. I, I love my, uh, my sparring with, with Logan and, and, and the different uh, exchanges that we have. Uh, Jonathan Quick is uh, extremely flexible. Yeah, and adventurous on the ice. Like you never know what's going to happen. He, he, like creates a different position within a position. Aiden Hill is composed with uh, a, an ability to react to a scenario. So he's he's a blocker, m- more of a blocking style, but has shown an ability to be responsive in situations and and quite honestly more uh, uh reflex driven or reactive or athletic than i thought at the start of the year really impressed me with that what is logan thompson's description if you're going to oh uh, type him into the computer and wikipedia pops up and this is the description of logan thompson
2: uh lauren broswell you mean sorry yes okay um i i I feel like he is, is maybe leaning a, a little bit more toward uh, a descriptor that you have for Aiden Hill, right? Like, I, I think that Loren is, is composed in his movement. I think that he reads and reacts to plays. I, I don't view him as a goaltender that gets out of position too much where he's got to make uh, an unbelievably athletic save, uh, even though he has shown in those moments where he's needed it, think that game against the Dallas Stars, reaching around, windmill, backhand, gets the save, I think that it's more about just kind of reading and reacting to the play in front of him and being in position where he's supposed to be, and that leads to a lot of the saves that he makes. Controlled. Yeah.
1: That's what Lauren Bersuiz, controlled. And that's between the ears, which you can tell with his response to the to the. Five overtime or a uh, five period game, which is double overtime, uh, the other night when Winnipeg ties it late, uh, you you couldn't tell uh, who is was he on the the leading team, the uh, team that just tied it. Uh, w- which which club was was he on uh, when that situation occurred? Uh, he he is in the right spot. He's never outside the crease. He's never uh, diving back. The the play against Dallas that you reference, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting save. Because it was one of the top stops of the year in the league. Yeah. But it's quite honestly a one-off. He he doesn't do that ever. He's never in a position to do that. Sure. And and w- one of the great uh, great descriptions of goaltending that uh, that you'll hear uh, from from different coaches is. When you have to make a spectacular save, it's great, but it means you're out of position. Right. And I've had this uh, conversation with with the Vegas goaltenders uh, about that. It's nice, it's fun, it makes everybody feel good, (laughs) but the less you're doing that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're not playing well. It means you're more in the right spot all the time. And if if I asked you, okay, I will. I just decided. Uh, okay, I won't even. I won't even ask for permission here. Okay. Lauren Bressois' best save of the year was the stop against the Dallas Stars. Sure. Correct. Yeah. Chapman. Correct. All right. The two of you. Uh huh. Tell me, Lauren Bressois' second best save.
2: There's. There's no there's not much that comes to mind.
1: Tell me, no. Tell me Lauren Brasois' second best save. I no, you can't.
2: I, I got nothing.
1: Right. T- to your the, point. And he's 13, 1, and 3.
2: Yeah.
1: That is the perfect way to get to control, which is how his game is. You guys have watched all the games. I have watched all the games. Nobody can come up with his second best save mm-hmm. of the season. Now, diving into the pile in game number one and coming out with a puck, that was pretty cool. Not really a save. Uh, there's been certain stops in this series where he's come across and stopped the puck, but nothing that goes, wow. Yeah. Good saves. But I, I just it, it it's a perfect uh a way to sum up Lauren Bursois and reliable uh, in in this uh in this moment that is the National Hockey League and the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's up three one in Connor Hallebuck. going into the series, everybody and if you, and if you weren't on this page, you were lying or you had no idea what the game was. Yeah. Everybody had Connor Hallebach as an advantage over Lauren Bourse. Yeah, for sure. That, that wasn't a knock against Lauren Bisoua. Mm-hmm. That was a compliment to Connor Hellebuck and the uh, attributes and his track record, and the resume uh, of the Winnipeg Jets goaltender. It's flat out even right now. I talked to Kevin Woodley today, uh, mm-hmm. our goalie uh, Yoda, uh, over at InGoal Mag. He's on the the Shirt podcast this week. We did we do a special episode on goaltending and how uh, its influence on the game has changed. Is, is goaltending still the most important position in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we, we go down this path. But we talked about uh, the the Hellebuck-Bressois series, mm-hmm. not because I'm from Vegas, but because it's a perfect example of a guy uh, making his first playoff start this year, and, and Hellebuck is a best trophy winner. Uh, Hellebuck, even though he's down 3-1, has been okay in this series from a deep analytic perspective. And Lauren Bressois, even though he's up 3-1, has not been... Over the top, spectacular in this series. Mm-hmm. He's made all the saves he's supposed to. It's sure. it's been a complete saw off in goal from the deep analytics uh, of the of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that is a huge win for the Vegas Golden Knights and Lauren Bressois.
2: Sure is, and you know, again, I, I think. You know, you talk about control, I think that it kind of lends to confidence, and, and if you've got a goaltender that is making the saves he's supposed to make, and the Golden Knights are, are playing as, as well as they are in front of them, I, I think that that's a recipe for success. And, you know, it, you also kind of look at it from the other side of the coin, and, and Connor Halibaki, you no know, Josh Morris, he hurts, right? And the Winnipeg Jets' defense is not what you know they were hoping it would be. Kind of going into this series, you lose a piece as big as Josh Morrissey, it's going to lead to more breakdowns and more grade a scoring chances. And I, I think for for the Jets to to do any more any damage in this series, Connor Hellebuck's going to have to go on an absolute tear because that's their most employ, uh, important player right now.
1: He's been good. Yeah, the numbers say he's been as expected to the shots against him. Like he's stopping what he should stop. Yeah. Hasn't outperformed that, but he's been right on par with uh the shots saved and shots expected to be saved. But he hasn't stolen a game. No. The the game that he did win was very heavily lopsided in in the Winnipeg Jets' favor and just Vegas didn't have the push that was expected in that first period that that game one win by Winnipeg had far less to do with Connor Hellebuck than his forwards or or Vegas's lack of response now yeah. does that does that change in game number 5 it it has to and you can talk about the response by the Jets and digging deep and and yeah. winning one for the guy beside you and because they're in a tough hole uh, right now and they're without Shifley and they're without Morrissey and the Morrissey damage hurts you because when he's got the puck you don't and and he can he can he can handle that thing and get the puck out of danger and skate it and and it, it just even not defending it, he just has the puck a lot so uh, yeah. that that's big uh, but Connor Hellebeck, it's it's on you and quite. A, Honestly, this is a big, this is a big series for him. Yeah. This is a big spring for him. He, he's up for an extension as of uh, this summer. Uh, I don't know what direction they're going to go, but I tell you, if 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 you're somebody that doesn't believe in giving extensions, big money to goaltenders over thirty, mm-hmm. uh, what you're seeing right now uh, will fuel your your argument.
2: Sure, I. Couldn't agree more, and and again, I, I think the the only chance right now for Winnipeg is Connor Hellebuck stealing a game and then doing it again and then doing it again because that's just how impactful he's going to have to be to to keep the Winnipeg Jets' hopes alive. And you know whether or not he's able to do it, I, I think he's absolutely capable of stealing a game. Is he capable of stealing three? I, I, I don't quite think so.
1: Uh, he, he he can. He can get on a roll, but yeah. through four games, isn't it nice to play in a series where we're not talking about a goaltender being in the heads of yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, for sure. That that this is this is a little bit of a twist. Uh, on, on the playoff history of Vegas. So uh, they're going into Game 5 tomorrow, uh, practice day after a fly day yesterday, travel day uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Back to work, and that meant uh, Bruce Cassidy, who was with us on the phone in hour number one. This is his uh, chat with the media earlier today.
3: Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Uh, Bruce, good to get Will Carrier in full contact today? Yeah, he checked another box today by practicing with the group. Um, that was going to be the next... Um, hurdle for him. He'd been skating with our extra guys when we were in Winnipeg. He's progressing well, so it's good to see. Uh, we'll find out if there's any setbacks or any, anything going on with him um, tomorrow morning from today's practice. At the end of the day, if, if uh, he feels good, there's an opportunity. He may play. I'm not saying he will be in, but uh, that would be the, the final hurdle for him to, to get through contact. Uh, Ed Greeny, Review Journal. Mark just talked about the physicality in the
2: series, especially towards him. He didn't mind it. How do you think Mark Stone has responded, not only to that, but just the entire series coming back from the back and playing in the series? Well,
3: it's unbelievable that he could come right in and play like that. I mean, especially so early. I think he found it halfway through game two, helped our team find it halfway through game two. So uh, how he's responded to the physicality, I think he's hit back. I think he's kept his discipline, Uh, hasn't taken any retaliatory penalties. I think as a group we've been very good at that. Um, so that and that's playoff hockey. You have to be able to keep your cool and take a number sometimes. Uh, stick up for one another when need be. But I think he's handled it great. I think his game, that play at the end of the game to Howie, I mean, you know, that's classic Mark Stone. Um, so he's finding it. Uh, Mark Anderson, AP. You've got guys in the room who've seen a 3-1 lead turn into a game 7. How valuable is that that to- have those guys that know that you can't just assume this series is over? Well, I think every year takes on a story of its own, to be honest with you, in every series. So um, they know what's at stake. Doesn't mean you're going to win, right? Just because you recognize that you know you want to get the last one. I mean, they, they've got some proud people over there too, That uh, good hockey players. The games have been close, so we're, we're not sort of thinking ahead at all here. We've got a game to play. We have to keep building our game. I thought our defensive part of our game in game four was excellent in terms of what we gave up. We've got to keep building that part of our game, especially when they subtract a few of their difference makers on offense. You got to, you know, it, it makes it harder for them to score typically. So we've got to stick with that. But we got veteran group in there. Again, they know what's at stake. We saw a game last night, Carolina had a chance, didn't get it done. There'll be other teams that'll have a chance. So um, it's never easy.
0: Bruce, uh, Dave, Gosher with the Golden Knights. You mentioned earlier in the playoffs. I think the phrase you used was breaking a team's spirit in a series. Up three to one, how do you do that?
3: Well, part of it is you go win two games in their building, right? That should be the beginning of that process. Um, whether that happens or not, you cannot write that story until the series is over. If that's how it plays out, then we'd point back to that. So I'll answer your question down the road if we're able to if we're able to do it. To be honest with you, but that would be part of it. And then I would think. Coming home to Game Five is taking it, putting them on their heels right away because they were the better team at the start of both games here at home. So we have to correct that. So that would be the next part of how you'd want to do that, um, and that—that's, you know, our job to be successful at that. That's how you're—you're going to win a series, uh, you know, by doing a little bit of that. And I think handling their physicality was another area up there. We were—we matched them hit for hit. They, I'm sure they're trying to get a couple guys off their our game. Good for them. That's playoff hockey. Uh, we come out of it healthy. They don't. So maybe that builds into it too. But, again, I'm expecting them to put their best foot forward. So, that, again, that's a question. Let's let's revisit it a little bit later. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sunday. It looked like you had Barbashev in for Kessel on the second power play unit. Just what, what went to
2: the decision for that one?
3: Uh, we've had Phil uh, the last couple games. We had Barbie earlier just... It's a different presence around the front of the net um watching our power play the other day you saw how we well it didn't count as a power play goal we scored by being at the top of the crease we've had some elbow looks that have been good and we've had some net fronts so um just a little bit of a different look on who's shooting from the elbow if we rotate it over to uh, marcia so he's willing to shoot will carly shoot on the one timer because he's been in the bumper before and that so it's just a little bit of a different flavor and getting guys different uh, getting other guys reps
2: Jesse Granger with The Athletic, you mentioned um, you didn't
1: start off super well in the first two games here up there in that environment. I would not
3: use the term you, super well. Yeah, I agree with you there, Jesse. <laughs> Fair enough. I said that.
1: <laughs> you, what, what do you think you can take from the two starts up there in that tough environment to, to, to carry over to this Well, it's our games?
3: whole year. It seems like we start well on the road. The, te- you know, the guys that have been there see that we seem to – we didn't score first the other night, but we have a lot. Our first couple of chances we generate, we we finished for some reason better on the road. I mean, we had a good chance in game one. I think it was that he, uh, Stevenson on the power play, you know, it's a great save. So you got to give their goaltender credit too, but it just seems to have worked out that way for us. So the formula is in place. We just got to make sure we make that play. Like uh, Brett Howden, I think, in game one had a point blanker. And Mario hit the post, right, in the slots with a four-check turnover, exactly how we wanted to play. But we didn't finish it. So give their goalie credit. Us, us, we don't quite finish. And they they all of a sudden finish, and now you're chasing it a bit. So maybe it's a different game if you do that. So that's the first thing I always look for. Are we converting on chances? Or are we generating chances? So that's how I'd like to flip the switch, to be honest with you. Get the, the looks early. And if you don't, then then make sure you're not giving up great A's so that your goaltender can make the necessary saves. So, that's what we'd like to do. I mean, the perfect form is go in and just blitz them in the first period. I think every team would like to do that, but they did not do that to us up in Winnipeg. The road team is what run one now, like, what, 13 games? You know, whatever the streak was, well, there's a reason for that. They're, they're ready to play, and um, you have to be. So I assume Winnipeg, well, I know they're going to be ready to play. I mean, we just have to make sure we match their intensity early, and as I said, put them on their heels if we can.
1: Power play is one area that the Vegas Golden Knights would like to tweak a little bit. It's been a playoff dominated by power plays across the other seven series in this 2023 postseason. You know, the Vegas-Winnipeg set is the only one where the team in the lead of the series Mm -hmm. is not in the lead in special teams. Uh, Win- Winnipeg has five power play goals and uh, and leads uh, Winnipeg in, in that category, uh, five to two. And yet it's Vegas that has a three one series lead. So going a little bit against the grain in the playoffs as a whole, sure. but does speak to the consistency of Vegas during the year being so uh, effective five on five.
2: Yeah, and you know you look at the numbers and and the raw data, right? It's it's five to two in favor of the Winnipeg Jets. But you, you look at the first power play goal. That winnipeg scored in this series it was garbage time adam lowry that was their first power play goal so you can chuck that one out that's four two and then if you look at the william carlson one i know it's not recognized as a power play goal but it happens three four seconds after the power play expires it was certainly a goal that was propped up by the power play for the golden knights so it, it's really if you look at it through four games kind of a four three situation it's, it's closer than you would appear uh, but I, I think it kind of speaks to the golden knights ability to score in other situations. And, and certainly at five on five, I think that they've been a team that has, has found their game and, and done a lot of damage.
1: A uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, on the home and the road side of things. Uh, they, they split at, at home. So one-on-one uh, great atmosphere, Winnipeg home road side of things. Uh, they, have one win on on the road, the only win on the road, and that crazy cool environment that is the whiteout in Winnipeg. They dropped both games. I'm starting to wonder uh, about home ice, and it's you can see it in some of the traits uh, across these National Hockey League playoffs this year. And I'm never going to be one to say you don't want home ice in Game Seven, mm-hmm. like, but the first six games. I'm not sure how influential it really is on the result.
2: I don't think you I don't think you look at it as having much of an impact, to be honest with you. Like you know, you look at New Jersey and, and the Rangers, like the Devils and the Rangers, we haven't had a, a home team win a game yet in that series. Now, do you still want home ice advantage in game seven? Absolutely. You still want to lean on your crowd, you still wanna have that uh, that type of, of atmosphere kind of pushing you in the right direction, but I think right now in, in today's NHL, there's so many really good players on every single team that I, I think matchups are, are a little bit less important because there's so many guys that can impact the game in a positive way that um, I, I don't know that home ice advantage really means all that much beyond a do-or-die situation in Game 7.
1: So uh, I'll, I'll further this uh, conversation and I'll loop it back to the discussion I had with Ray Ferrero on the chirp about if he could he would open on the road, whether he was the favorite or not. Mm -hmm. He would open the road. Uh, How many, now that you've seen this year's postseason, how many of the higher seeds, the teams that opened at home, would have realistically decided to go with a uh, 2-3-1-1 series, where you still get game seven at home if it goes that far, uh, but you play the first two games on the road?
2: I think the Edmonton Oilers would have been okay with that.
1: So Edmonton, yeah, Vegas would have been for sure. Yep, uh, along that way, um, Dallas, Minnesota, would would Dallas have have done it?
2: Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think like they're 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 fine. They've they drop a game on home ice. It I think Colorado a, would have probably, probably because you you have the ability to. To blow the like to take the wind completely out of the sails of the Seattle Kraken if you go in there and, and beat them, split with them coming back home. Um, so, yeah, Colorado, I would say probably. I, um, I think
0: New Jersey would have been fine with a 2 3 2. Yeah, oh, yeah. 2 100%. 3 1 1. 2 3 1 even better. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to have the 1 1 at the end That's, for, yeah. for, for game seven. Make things even out. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I almost I don't want to speak for Toronto, but Toronto would have. <laughs> be just to avoid <laughs> what they went through in in dropping that first game. Yeah, and yeah. all of all of that drama. Uh, Carolina doesn't care where they play. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And Boston doesn't care where they play.
2: It doesn't matter for them.
1: So I think I think there's something everybody would take Game Seven at home. Yeah. But to start a series, I think it's 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 kind of <laughs> favors the road team.
2: I agree. To, I, to start, I, I would if if there were a situation if it was 2-3 1-1 one, one, I, I think that as a higher seed you would take that all day long because you have an opportunity to go up there steal one and then you just got to you got to find your game on home ice it takes a lot of the pressure off of that first home game in the series and you still have the opportunity to play game 7 on home ice i think it's probably the best case scenario for a a higher seed in a game, in a best of 7
1: since dinosaurs roamed the earth, mm-hmm. goaltending has been the most important position in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is it still? We'll dive into that, plus news and notes. So with one-timers around the National Hockey League, as we continue to work our way towards Game 5 tomorrow night, and we have an opportunity to qualify for two tickets uh, for tomorrow night's game, if you call 702-876-1340 right now and be caller number 9, you will qualify for... Uh, to be in the draw for the two tickets, and you will instantly win. What do they win, Johnny? Darren, they win a Golden Knights hat
0: courtesy of Porta Subs.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Uh, a Golden Knights hat courtesy of Porta Subs. Uh, it's Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, ring those phones 702 876 1340. Back with one timers after this.
0: Carlson left corner, centered, one timer score! It's time for One-Timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
1: Let's update it for you. Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers. Elimination game. Mm -hmm. Florida Panthers scored first, and the Florida Panthers
2: on the road.
1: Tied up with the Boston Bruins at one.
2: Brad Marchand, power play goal for the Boston Bruins. And it's all knotted up in the second period.
1: All right, we'll keep you up to date on that one. A 1-1 game, and Matthew Kachuk doing his thing in that one. Uh, Later on tonight, Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken will play game five. The winner out of tonight's game takes a 3-2 series lead. Uh, Interesting in that Philip Grubauer has been very good in this set. And the Seattle Kraken have given Colorado more than a lot of people anticipated. And Cale McCarr, the outstanding defenseman for the Avalanche, will not play, serving a one-game suspension.
2: It is a massive opportunity for the Seattle Kraken to apply a lot of pressure to a Colorado Avalanche team who won the Stanley Cup last year and has battled injuries all season long. This is... The opportunity for the Seattle Kraken, no Kale McCarr. You have to, if you have designs about being a team that can win in the playoffs, you have to take advantage of this game.
1: What did you think of the play that led to Kale McCarr's penalty?
2: I mean, it's it's a super duper late hit. So it it, it to me, um, I feel like it should have been upheld as a five minute and a game for Kale McCarr in the moment. I have no issue with the one-game suspension, to be honest with you. I I thought that it could have gone two, and I'd have been okay with it. Um, You know, that's that's how I saw it.
1: I just thought it was strange that it was initially called a five-minute major. Yeah. Then it was taken back to a two-minute penalty. Yeah. And then subsequently, it was deemed to be suspension-worthy. Right. Somebody missed something in there. They actually got it right at the start. Yep, yep. Took it away, and that five-minute major that could have been, mm-hmm. could have been telling at the time of that uh, that game. Like it, yeah. it was, it was. They're like, "Oh, it was a one-nothing game at the at the time."
2: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that you know, to me, it, it probably was worth a game and another. Like like the five-minute major game misconduct and one game suspension, I think is about right. I don't know why it was dropped back down to a two, uh, but you know, again, for the Seattle Kraken, this is an opportunity in the series to, to push Colorado to the brink of elimination. You have to take advantage of that if you're Seattle.
1: Would you rather, and this is a hypothetical, would you rather have had the five-minute major and and McCarr being tossed out of the game in game four, or would you, because it was early in the first period of, mm-hmm. of that hit and Seattle was already up one nothing. would you rather have had that or had allowed Makar to continue the way they did and then have Makar out in, in game number two? Because I, I'm convinced if he would have been tossed out of game uh, four, uh-huh. he, he wouldn't have been suspended because there was enough time left in that game that would have been deemed as his his one-game suspension.
2: Um, I think it works out better this way, obviously because the Seattle Kraken won Game Four.
1: Yeah, right? I know, I know, but you got to take that out of the equation. Like, what what do you think they would have said at the time?
2: Uh, I think I mean, they would have
1: said, "See him a car, goodbye. We've got the lead already. We'll take the five minute major, which is huge." Uh, and and no McCarr for the rest of the game, but we'll, we'll take our chances with that.
2: Yeah, in the moment, you're probably right. I think this is certainly a bigger advantage for Seattle based on the fact that they were able to win Game 4, and now they have a K.O. McCarr-less Colorado Avalanche in Game 5. Uh, but no, at the time, you're probably sitting there thinking, okay, get him out of the game. We have a five-minute major to, to try to really put this one away and maybe turn it into a no-doubter.
1: Joe Pavelski, he is a uh, possibility for game number six of the series between Dallas and the Minnesota Wild. That series has changed a little bit. Uh, Kevin Woodley said today, it's like everybody's playing catch-up uh, on the goaltending front to that wild opening game of the series. And now they're finding their footing, but Jake Ottinger's uh, been great the last couple of games. Pavelski could be back. Uh, this could be a uh, big trouble for the for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it leads me into my, my big question. Is goaltending still the most important position in the Stanley Cup playoffs?
2: Um, part of me wants to say yes, but another part of me wants to say no. Like, I I don't know. It, it's so hard to, to say. Like, do I believe the Dallas Stars are a better team and more equipped to win in the playoffs because they have Jake Ottinger? Yeah, absolutely. But do I look at the Golden Knights and how they're built? and? and say that this is a team that can win any series because of how deep they are up front and how well they play defensively, and if they're getting the saves they're supposed to be getting, they're, they're going to win hockey games? Yeah, I, I do. So I'm kind of torn on this. I, I'd probably lean a little bit more like 60-40 to, yes, goaltending is still the most important position in terms of Stanley Cup playoffs and aspirations to win the Cup, uh, but it, it's, it's pretty close to a toss-up for me.
1: Yeah, you look at Andre Vasilevsky, and that was pretty pivotal to those Tampa Bay Lightning cups. But Matt Murray and Darcy Kemper uh, on either sides of him—that uh, speaks against it. Like, I I want to say goaltending is the most important position because it always has been. Sure. But it's closer to the line of being declared the opposite than it's ever been. Closer than ever uh, yeah. that, that's taking place right now. And part of that is transition of goaltending uh, in the league. We've, we've really had a changing of the guard from uh, a, a really solid core for a decade and a half to which is uh, right now uh, a, a lot of new players uh, making their, their impact on, on the National Hockey League. Eight teams went into this playoffs with question marks about who would start in goal. Or or hadn't didn't have any experience in that with rookies and uh, and that's been uh, born true. The New Jersey Devils a big example of that. They made the change early on in in their series after a couple of games. Now, the National Hockey League after announcing that they're going to Australia for the preseason, Arizona and Los Angeles. The NHL will go to Europe next season. This is the first time they're doing something like this though. Uh, Europe and the Global Series next year in Sweden. Uh, there's four teams going: uh, Detroit, Minnesota, Ottawa, and Toronto. Will all go, and they're going to play a four-day round robin in wow. in that set in Stockholm. So that's pretty cool. I I like that more than, than just two teams going over and playing a couple of games. Yeah, I love this four teams and, and playing a little bit of a, a round robin with with the global series. Uh, and Sweden uh, has a big hand in in all four of those clubs.
2: Yeah, that's that is interesting. That's a, a different wrinkle for sure, and you know, you, you add a little spice to it. I, I'm I'm good with it. I think it's awesome.
1: And uh, the Toronto Ottawa scenario, so you got a bit of bite in that. And I, I know for a fact that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Daniel Efferson will be around there a little bit uh, with, with with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, involved uh, against his uh, Ottawa Senators. So we'll see what uh, what transpires. Uh, with that. But that's the global series with, uh, with four teams uh, playing overseas next year. Uh, we've got uh, uh, a situation happening when it comes to power plays in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's, it's extreme right now uh, with, with the amount of goals that are taking place with the Manor Banners, like Edmonton's, Edmonton's leading the way, which you would expect in this series. But when you look at the top power plays in the Stanley Cup playoffs, yeah, Los Angeles and Edmonton are both in the in the top half. Edmonton's fifty-seven sure. percent, unreal, fifty-seven percent on the power play. Yeah, and and I don't think LA has been really undisciplined in it. It just they're you take three penalties, they're mm-hmm. scoring two goals. Yeah, I don't think you can you can ask your team to play a team like Edmonton and not take three penalties. It's just a matter of uh, how how it shakes down. Winnipeg is down 3-1 in their series. They're at 41% uh, on the power play. Three teams have power plays over 40% in the first week and a half of the Stanley Cup playoffs with the Dallas Stars also clicking at 40. And then you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs at 35. Those mm-hmm. Those are historic numbers during a regular season. Yeah. And four teams, in the, in the bite and the intensity of the Stanley Cup playoffs, four teams are at 35.3 or more. I didn't see that coming.
2: I, uh, I just I look at the, the Los Angeles Kings, and I, I say they're probably hoping for one of those games where nothing gets called. Let them play. It's the only opportunity. It's the only chance you have against the Oilers. Let them play. No penalties called.
1: Wow, well, no, like, like Edmonton's sixty percent, fifty-seven point one But real, but, on but you line. could you can make a case to me that Los Angeles should be up in the series.
2: They should be up. They in the they, series.
1: Sh- they yeah, absolutely they, and that's they blew, and that's with Edmonton. That's with Edmonton at fifty-seven percent. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have this. I have this. I don't know. Contradiction when it comes to watching the Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> and, I, and I always look at it through the Golden Knights' eyes. Sure, I'll be watching, it, and I'll I'll go. Oh, love to play this team! Look at how much they give up. Yeah, and they're so susceptible offense. Vegas. Oh, I'd love I'd love to play. Bring on the Oilers, mm-hmm. and then two minutes later. I don't want to play those guys. Wow. I don't want anything to do with those guys. It, it and then a minute and a half after that, <laughs> oh, this would be so great! Look at how much they give up. Yeah. And, and it happens all night in uh, watching the Edmonton Oilers.
2: And that's like with LA, kind of leaning into their one-three-one when they're trailing in a game, and they're still giving up chances. Yeah. Like it blows my mind.
1: LA doesn't change from the one-three-one. No, they don't.
2: and 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 like kudos to them, but like I'd like them to be a little bit more. I don't know effective with it when they have a lead. I don't know like a three nothing lead after the first period of, of game four pivotal game four. I, I cannot believe the Kings blew that game. I, 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 don't,
1: I don't think that had anything to do with the one three one. Quite honestly, it's it's hard to generate offense uh, against the the one three one. It had. Everything to do with everything else. And then and then that 60% power play. Uh, yep. we got to take a break uh, for uh, one-timers and news notes from around the National Hockey League for this Wednesday, April noon, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. But uh, we want you to call back uh, right now, 702-876-1340. Everybody that didn't win... Five minutes ago, call back now. 702-876-1340. Be the ninth caller. We'll give you a Vegas Golden Knights hat, courtesy of Porta Subs, and you will qualify to win two tickets to Game 5, Vegas and Winnipeg, tomorrow night, courtesy of us. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, you guys just talked about it, the Global Series, and it got me wondering when I saw today that they were going to be playing games in Sweden. Maybe wonder when the Golden Knights are going to have their first foray into the Global Series. Of course, obviously playing an outdoor game next year, but there's something kind of cool about going and playing in Switzerland or Sweden or Norway or wherever else they may, Australia. Like, I wonder when the NHL is going to. Give the Golden Knights a call and say, Hey, guess what? You guys are gonna go play somewhere overseas. You're gonna play two games and I'm I, it's it's gotta be soon, I would imagine. Well, I think the
1: conversations have taken place, but you also have the have the right location. Like Europe is not a good location no. for the Vegas Golden Knights. No, but
0: if they went to play in, say China. Japan, Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be ab- cool. Ab-
1: absolutely, where the National Hockey League has played before, I think that would be a lot more suitable for the Golden Knights from a from a travel perspective.
0: Sign, sign uh, Mrs. Chapman up to be the translator if they go play in Japan. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She's all about that. She loves translation. Would you have to go? No, no. She'd leave me behind. She're be like, you kidding me? You're not going? Would she? Someone's got to. Someone's got to walk the dog.
1: Now would that help you uh, being able to connect to, to to Bruce?
0: You know what? Maybe uh, she could. Uh, uh, you know, for the Japanese media, mm-hmm. she can she can translate, and maybe maybe it would help. Have you
1: talked about this
0: with her? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a liar. No, I said. Oh yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, yeah. no I, oh, I, yeah, I told yeah, yeah. her. I, yeah. I, we not not specifically to the Golden Knights. We we What'd did have say? a conversation that I said you know it would be really cool because obviously she's a native japanese speaker i said it'd be very cool if you got a job working for a professional sports team that signed a japanese player as a translator that would be very very cool she's, she's, she's i'm sure it would help your relationship if that team was located in vegas well there's only a handful <laughs> uh, of teams
2: it actually might might it help might, yeah it good point yeah a player in vegas yeah,
0: yeah. who was the old the old sabers guy the fake Japanese player? Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that they they just made up. Yeah, that they dropped it. I think it was Taro Sugimoto. Yeah. That, that was yeah. that was
1: pretty good. Now you're asking questions <laughs> and you're answering them. What is that? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. That's <laughs> how smart I am. Uh, this has been a fun show. Uh, thanks for Bruce Cassidy for stopping by. Twice, twice really, uh, on the uh, press conference side uh, this morning. And then uh, with the call uh, today, Bruce from Summerlin. That was uh, that was uh, fun to, to hang out with him a little bit and get the, that side of it. And tonight, we look uh, towards Game 5 on the uh, Western Conference playoff picture. vegas can eliminate Winnipeg, and we will be at the Fortress tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Remember, Frank Sinatra down to one lane each way tomorrow night.